Hi, I'm Britton LaRue, and this is Moon to Moon. Moon to Moon is a space to consider, celebrate, and share the ways we come home to ourselves, anchor through change, and uncover our power. One month, one phase, one loving step at a time. Dear Moon to Moon, it's Britain, and I am recording this message for you here on the day of the winter solstice when the sun is at the very last gasps of Sagittarius, coming into some sweet Sagittarius Capricorn bridge medicine as we move into the solstice and into Capricorn season and all that that may mean for us. So I wanted to do something that might might be an inaugural thing. Uh, We'll see how it feels. But I'm feeling into this idea of playing around with the format of living the questions at the start of every sign season with like living the blank questions, living the Capricorn questions. And seeing how this feels for us, like maybe this will be a really exciting way to begin the sign season together. And we, to the extent that this resonates for you and you want to experiment with it, can live your Capricorn questions across the sign season and begin to look forward to the next one as you play with this. So let's see how this goes. It's really inspired by the ways in which my book, Living Astrology, has been changing things in the way I structure my teachings and structure how I relate to my channel. I had this idea for Living Astrology that the beginning of each chapter would begin with Um, It would begin with questions to live into and that there would be three. And I was really loving this idea of questions to live into. This, I wrote this before I started the Living the Question series. And that is part of why I started this series after I'd finished the manuscript last spring and kicked it off last Gemini season. And these have become very, very popular. I'm so glad that you're enjoying them. So I was feeling into, um, for today, what we could do is I can invite us in to Capricorn questions to live into, Capricorn themes to feel into, together, explore this a little bit, and then hopefully you will feel resourced as you step into this month-long period of being in a window when we have the sun in Capricorn. And we're also going to have Mercury going back into Sagittarius here shortly, and then back into Capricorn on direct motion in the second half of Capricorn season, like towards the end. And we're going to have Mars in Capricorn, which is really exciting because Mars is exalted in Capricorn. That is going to be January 4th, the day before we meet for seeding the year, Mars is going to be entering Capricorn and that's just going to be super juicy to support our energies for Capricorn concerns, which are what we're going to talk about here. (laughs) So um, before I get into it, I do want to share about some things that are going on in my world, share some announcements Name some things that may be more time sensitive so you can connect with things that I'm doing outside of Moon to Moon. As you may know, I have an offering that is in devotion to Capricorn called Seeding the Year. Um, It's had tremendously successful enrollment so far, and I know that there are still 
many, many more people out there like everyone <laughs> who I would love to find their way to this container if you are someone who is on the one hand really, really interested in leading a life from your dream field, really someone who wants to have goals, like you want to trust that it is indeed possible to like vision a thing in your mind's eye, see, see a thing, feel a thing that doesn't exist and begin to move towards, turn towards bringing it into form and letting it alight onto the earthly plane. This is what Capricorn helps us do. It brings things into form. Capricorn is a builder. It is about world building. Your world. What world are you building, Capricorn wants to know. I just want to be like, yeah, yeah. Like, why are you doing that if it's not related to your world building plan? (laughs) Capricorn's just like, I don't understand. What does this have to do with the world we're building? That's what I care about. Ah, says my Capricorn moon. And, you know, like seeding the year I've created over all these years and I'm still in the process of creating it because every year I understand more what it wants to be. It's like, what do we do when on the one hand we're looking at a capitalist hyperdrive grind culture that is totally about performance-based rewards and outcomes of success or failure and like achievement is how you know that you're like a worthy person and a good adult and doing enough, doing enough to validate what your existence, like so deflating. How are we supposed to make, um, inspiring resolutions based on this? Like at the heart of it, we are grossed out, you know? We're not impressed. We are not into it. So what we may have been calling self-sabotage and like, fuck it, I just always screw this up. What it really is is some part of you that's like, love, no, not doing that anymore. There's got to be another way, you know? And so you're like, oh, maybe there's a more mystical, spiritual way to go about um, having goals and dreams and bringing them into form. And then you look at a lot of New Age spirituality and manifestation culture that just actually feels um, like a like a groundless, um, lacking in self awareness. Um, lacking in general uh, systems awareness, lacking in critical thinking around the world that we live in and what it what it takes to build things here. And it's really just selling per, as usual, you know? And like, we can't get out of needing to sell to make money, right? Like, I know that I live here in the United States of America in 2023. And I also need to sell things to support myself and my family and my dreams and anyone else I might want to pay to help me as I build my world, right? But so let's be honest, but seeding the year to me feels like a third way, you know, because it's not, it on the, uh, on the other hand, you could be like, oh, fuck it. Like, I'm not going to make goals. I'm not going to have, because I don't want to do resolutions or like, fuck it. I'm not going to try to bring something into form because manifestation culture is toxic, you know? And then this does not feel good because this feels to me like a spirit self that is like really sad, you know? It is not in affinity for me. It is not who I am to just be like, well, I guess I just like won't have goals. I guess I just won't dream things, you know? That's just like deeply untrue to my spirit nature. Like at a spirit level, it's very exciting for me 
to be a visionary, you know? I've learned this now these last few years, over the years that Seeding the Year has been constellating in my field. And like being a visionary brings my life so much joy, so much momentum, so much abundance, frankly, which is another word that can skew toxic um, in manifestation culture. And because I'm really into paradox and unshaming things, like I'm going to be bringing in some of these words so that we can reimagine them together. So the update on seeding the year, um, and maybe you're just now hearing about it. So let me tell you what it is. It's a framework for working with time differently. It's a, it's, a, it's a framework that's both very mystical because you are going to be actively working with the planets and listening to the parts of you that relate to the different planets in your visioning. And uh, it's also going to be very practical because it's going to be about ultimately helping you like solve this problem, the problem that is like feeling the despair of being cut off from your visionary nature, you know? And it, it's multi-part this offering and it's way bigger than how I've priced it because I didn't know when I priced it all that it wanted to be. But what it wants to be is this two-part thing. The first part is honoring 2023 and I've now fully created it. It's a set of pre-recordings. It's over four hours of material that are a mix of like things that you can listen to. Like, ah, it's so nice to be on a walk and I'm listening to Britain talking, you know, (laughs) but it's also a mix of like things I'm leading you through and things I'm inviting you to do again and again on your own and make yours. So, um, it is not something that all needs to be completed before the, the next thing for seeding the year, which is the January 5th live meetup that's four hours long, which will be pre-recorded for those who can't make it. You do not need to finish all of 2023 honoring to go to the live because that stuff in 2020, the 2023 module is like gold for you to use all the time. It's a really time practices. It's ultimately how I work with my past self because our past self is the one that has evidence that things go a certain way. And so it's the one we need to have a really good relationship with when in present time we're creating, visioning, loving, and dreaming the future into being. And so there's this really extended set of teachings from me in the Honoring 2023 module. If you can do parts of it before we meet, great. If not, it's really um, so much of it is actually evergreen material. Then there's the uh, four-hour seating 2024 meetup, which will work beautifully as a recording where I'm guiding you through this, um, the philosophy and also how to relate to different planets and each of their relationships to time. And of course, everything there you can listen to again and again and again, when any time of the year and any month of the year, you want to be relating to present time self that's creating a future. And then there will be a small pre-recording at the end where at the equinoxes and solstices, you can come back and like talk to your intentions for 2024 and reevaluate and let some things go, let new things come in. And I'm just guiding you in how to kind of keep working with things as the wheel is turning. So it's, it's, a really high impact, high um, density investment. Um, And I honestly think it's a steal. And it's basically like some of the heart of what emergence astrology is. 
in a relatively small amount of time and money investment. So boom, they're so excited. I really not, I'm not even quite sure what's going to happen on January 5th. I may not even know until the days right before it because that's how my channel tends to work. But I, I have a sense for it. And it's going to be really, 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 really potent stuff. And it's not going to be the same thing that Seeding the Year has been in the past. That's why I had to compost the old workbook. So I'm inviting you in. If you have not invested in this yet, come on in. Guess what? It also includes as a bonus Unshaming the Science Capricorn. I wanted to include it because I wanted to... There's so much I want to say about how the the heart of Capricorn relates to the topics and themes of seeding the year. But I didn't, but it's like, I'm going to talk about so much of that at Unshaming Capricorn. Why don't y'all just come to that too? Why don't y'all just take that too? And then I'm not repeating myself. <laughs> it's like saves me the energy. <laughs> so you also get Unshaming the Science Capricorn. So if there was any chance that you were also going to do that anyway, um, then that makes seeding the year just that much more of a no-brainer of an investment. If you know someone that you're like, oh, I just know that they would love this, just reach out to me and we can see about um, making this a gift for someone. Um, Yeah, so Unshaming Capricorn is going to be on the new moon in Capricorn on purpose on Thursday, January 11th. And um really excited for that. It's the one I'm probably most excited about, if not Pisces. Um, as you likely know, I'm a Pisces sun, also Mercury and Venus, and then a Capricorn moon. And my Capricorn moon is at the top of my chart. So it's like my public placement. It's my career. It's my career placement. I'm a Cap- I'm a professional Capricorn moon, y'all, according to like how I would read your 10th house. Also a professional series um, and Juno in Capricorn. And so I just, I'm just so glad I was born with a moon in detriment in Capricorn because I, I just love Capricorn so much. I've been waiting for this, the whole unshaming the signs. I can't wait to talk about Capricorn with every single one of you, not just people with big Capricorn placements. As you know, unshaming the signs is for everyone. It's about activating all the signs within yourself. I would especially recommend it for those of you who feel far away from Capricorn. I would especially recommend it for people who think, oh, that's for so-and-so and and not for me, you know? That just like, oh, my heart hurts thinking about that. My heart just hurts. So I'm inviting you to come. This is, I'm just going to be like pouring myself out. Just, I have so much love here. And then, um... And then there's only two more signs left. Oh my gosh. Unshaming the Signs is going to compost and become something else. And I'm still listening to what it wants to be. I will announce it as soon as I'm totally sure. Because this is too powerful of a project to just be like, well, I guess that's done. <laughs> uh, I especially think it needs to be a book. Um, so that uh, will be on my 2024 seeding list but um in terms of live teachings I have I have some dreams um because now I'll be able to do it from the perspective of really knowing what I'm doing whereas this last this whole time it's been an experiment you know but Pisces you can expect that one to be like oof oof when I when I tap my finger on that one I can like feel the tears ready to come. Um, Just such a love letter that I have for the Pisces and all of us. All right. 
other than this. I'm a busy bitch, so I have other things. Another one is the magician's table. I announced here previously um, that the early bird deaths, the super early bird deadline was going to be the winter solstice. And I just decided that with Mercury stationing, it was like cruel. (laughs) It was too cruel to make people have to decide, you know, right here as we're, you know, between stationing retrograde and Kazemi. So like, let's wait till we're on the other side of Kazemi. And like, we're really getting to the clarity of stationing direct. So the deadline is now going to be the last day of December, the 31st. Um, applications coming in and I've, I've changed a couple things. Like I've added the bonus gift of, um, 10% off tuition. If you get your application in by the super early bird deadline, I'm throwing in a workbook of your choice. I just felt this desire to be more generous to those of you who are ready to give a yes early. And, um, Oh, I'm offering a, this previously wasn't mentioned or on the website, but I am giving TMT alums 20% off tuition. That's 20% off the full tuition. And um, yeah, it's just always, there's always a bunch of alums and it really fortifies the container. And it's, it's so incredible to watch people do it two to three like we've I've had someone who may be listening now who's done all three years um and I've had many there are many people who've done it twice and um which I think says a lot about magician's table you know like people come back and do it again because the first time um it takes you on one kind of journey you know and it's like then you spend the next nine months becoming the person, you know, who you, you, you were as you left TMT and then you want to do it again because it's like, well, what will happen if I do it again? So of course I would love to have alums back. It's just really special and y'all add so much, um, to the space. It's a pleasure to witness you more than one time. So, yeah, I'm going to officially talk a lot about Magician's Table when we're in Aquarius season, but um, this, as you know, if you've heard me say this before, the super early bird is really just my gift to people who've, they have been telling me, y'all have been telling me for months now how you can't wait. You know, y'all have been telling me how, um, oh, I'm so mad I missed this. I can't wait to do this next year. I am going to tell you, just as like a note, I, I sincerely in my heart of hearts mean no urgency when I say this, but it's just true that every time I offer something, there is no guarantee that it will come back. I just, I need to feel free in everyone understanding this. I do not bring offerings back to make people happy. I don't. If I decide that it is no longer in alignment or in affinity with me to steward the magician's table, I won't do it. It's like really very simple for me. And so if you're feeling like you're more of a 2025, that is awesome. Like I completely respect that. And Maybe you shouldn't do it in 2024 then, but I also don't, I don't owe you, I don't owe anyone a 2025 iteration of the magician's table. I don't, you know? So it helps me feel safe when that clarity is in the room with us, you know? That is just how I run my business So that you can trust and I can trust that everything I'm offering is coming from a strong yes place, from an excited place, from a just like co-creative, generative, abundant place. And that means consistently tuning back in with how am I feeling about this offering now? 
you know? So, all right. Um, blah, blah, blah. Um, what, I guess last thing, living astrology. Yes, so we have, I've had two winners now. I had a winner for um, a reading with me from those of you who've pre-ordered for uh, November. That was so yummy. Hello, if you're listening, oh, I'm thinking about you. And then I have a reading from the, the, the winner in January who I pulled like a week ago or whenever that was. Time's a little fuzzy. And um, yeah, I'll probably just do one more. Um, one more drawing of the receipts that come in. Um, and I'll do it after I announce it on Instagram. It'll be after probably at least seeding the year. I'll be talking about it if you follow me on Instagram and if you're on my newsletter, you'll know that, okay, this is the deadline. I need your pre-order receipt now and I'll do that um, another free reading. So fun. So, so, so fun. And I think that's it for now. So why don't we do a musical interlude and then we'll come back with living the Capricorn questions. All right, so a picture came in as a theme for this episode, which is a light in the dark. I saw this, I'll admit, from my tarot. I pulled a tarot card, which I usually do um, before recording, and I'm using the spolia right now because, as some of y'all know, um, I had my beloved Thoth deck in a suitcase and then I left the suitcase on the sidewalk getting my dog and a bunch of groceries and my computer bag and everything into my car and just left the suitcase on the sidewalk. This is leaving my boyfriend's place to go back to mine and I, it's, it's horrible. Um, I lived in Prague in college for a period um, this is in the Czech Republic and there, there's a lot of pickpockets there. And I was very young and learning how to be an adult person. And I became like very vigilant about knowing where my belongings are and like, where are they on my body? Like at all times. Um, and I lit, and I, I witnessed and was there when um, someone took my friend's purse. And I just am not, I like don't leave things. <laughs> I'm not someone who like loses their anything, you know. And I left my suitcase and then it was gone. And um, just like pretty horrifying experience generally, you know, the, the vulnerability of that, uh, this sadness. I know I'm digressing. There may be a, a thread that's coming through here. <laughs> this was the day of, this might be the thread here. This was the day of unshaming Sagittarius. And I called Matt, my boyfriend, and was like, I just realized that my, my tarot deck was in the suitcase, you know. Um, Everything else in that suitcase was like, ugh, that sucks. Or like, ugh, that's going to be expensive. Like, ugh. But then, but the tarot deck, like, just like wrenching, you know. And Matt did this um, pull for me to support me in my moment of grief. And he pulled art, which in the Thoth is the temperance card, 
which is the card associated with Sagittarius. And, um, and then what came through for Matt was, you know, it's not about the deck. Like your, your relationship to the tarot moves through every deck that you use. The deck is just a tool to be in connection to the tarot. And then I'm just weeping, you know, just like, so you think my next deck will love me as much? (laughs) See, it's like, oh my God, like what is more Sagittarius? Then sometimes thinking that the finger pointing at the moon is the moon, but it's not the moon. The teacher is not the the thing that the, the, the tool, the crystal, the deck, the astrologer, like the minister, like they're not the thing that you're really longing for. Right. And I'm just weeping. Uh, and it was like, okay, I'm going to use, I'm just, I'm going to use some other, some other of my decks and trust that it's the same spirit that moves through the decks, you know, maybe with a different sense of humor or with a different set of teachings because the cards are different, but it's still, it's still my relationship to the tarot. So, (laughs) yeah, I pulled the two of swords for like, what is the spirit of living the Capricorn questions? Like what's at the heart of it? And what I, it's like a very inky black background. Many of you know this card very well because we used it regularly in the moon to moon class this past fall. Um, it's an inky black background with a figure holding two swords across her chest. And she's got this like very luminescent quality, um, like a bioluminescent quality. And then there's a sliver of a moon over her head. It's associated with moon and Libra. And um, when I saw it just before recording, I heard a light in the dark. A light in the dark. And um, this is really what Sagittarius is about, following as it does after the death season of Scorpio and in the dark where certainly my ancestors in Scandinavia spent most of the day, spend most of the day this time of year in darkness. And Sagittarius is about like what is lighting the dark to get you to live through the solstice like let's get across and um let capricorn take it from there and um i really feel it to be true that this is what our capricorn most wants from us is to understand what the light is And then they'll take it from there. And each of us. It's like, don't put your Capricorn on something that's not that. It's the light. It's the light that that lifts you. Why you want to live here. Why it's important that you survive. That is what your Capricorn wants you to get clear on before you pass off. I have found to be true. And then I also was like, a light, a light, like one word, a light. Like we alight onto things, you know, like we like land onto, kind of descend onto something. And that just feels so perfect too, because it's like that arrow points up, Sagittarius, and then it alights to this earth sign now, the earth sign that's like, land on me and I'll take it from here. I know how to do winter. 
Yeah. I'll read a little bit from Living Astrology from the Capricorn chapter. You have been here in the dark of dark, at the very brink of desolation and loss and despair. You know the place. It's where you fall on your knees. It's where you're held when you don't know how to keep going. But there, with the utter solemnity of your last exhausted tears, you find something stirring you back up again. Something like what Paul Valéry describes, le vent se lève, il faut tenter de vivre. The wind rises, we must try to live. It is only in the darkest night that you know, I mean know, what light is. The winter solstice is this literal turning point. As we shift into winter, we rededicate to life and our place in it. Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces are transpersonal collective energies, meaning that they are about more than the ego. The commitment to living past autumn means doing what needs to be done for the greater good. These signs and their energies end our zodiacal year. In them, we rededicate ourselves to what we want to see for our world, and the earth becomes pregnant once again with the seeds of our hope for renewal. We must try to live. One of the ways nature responds to harsher times is by hardening. Hardening is the process by which plants prepare and relocate nutrients to storage organs in order to acclimate to winter. This means they don't flower or grow, rather they are still hibernating and only doing what's necessary. In the winter we go inward, working hard to achieve and fulfill the goals and ambitions We've developed since spring. We discover what we have made, we have inside to nourish us through that endurance. We learn about what sustains us through discomfort and fear and hunger. When we harden, we adapt in order to survive. It is true that we often don't learn how strong we are until we are forced to. Passing through literal and metaphorical winters brings you more intimacy with your inner power. Capricorn initiates this conversation with yourself, inviting you into winter and a new year. And so The Wind Rises is a film by Miyazaki. I never know how to say how, H-A-Y-A-O. Miyazaki is a Capricorn sun, Capricorn Mercury with Venus and Mars and Sagittarius and almost all of his films are about flight. They offer this Sagittarian uplift, this buoyancy, this will to hope, and to make dreams come true. And they're all super funky, and like all the characters are really like what we would consider kind of like weird outcasts, witches. And um, his films speak to my heart so deeply. And that film, The Wind Rises, is just like, ugh, I just, I just love it so much. I'm so excited to see the new one, The Boy and the Heron. I'm waiting um, to see it with my girls. Hmm. So I have some quotes in, in the Living the Signs workbooks. Um, I begin the, every workbook with a bunch of quotes from people with strong 
um, energy of that sign. It's not always a, the sun sign. Sometimes somebody's got other, like the moon and they're rising or their moon and a bunch of other things. Um, and uh, the quote is just like perfect for that sign. And those are always really fun to pull together when I did the workbooks. And I have this uh, Miyazaki quote here. The characters are born from repetition, from repeatedly thinking about them. I have their outline in my head. I become the character. And as the character, I visit the locations of the story many, many times. Only after that, I start drawing the character. But again, I do it many, many times, over and over. And I only finish just before the deadline. <laughs> really love it. And I'm grateful for that last part because that is me for sure. And I just love this like, emphasis on long visioning before then the work and then the work itself takes time again and again the repetition the repetition the repetition it's just like the constant showing up showing up showing up showing up showing up why because it's a vision it's a vision it's the light in the dark and it's like someone's got to make you stop that's called time, the deadline. And the ruler of Capricorn is Saturn, Lord of Time. Here's some other quotes from the Living the Signs Capricorn workbook. Always the aim for me, um, da da da. James Earl Jones, Capricorn Rising, Cap Sun, Moon, Saturn, and Mercury. The goal wasn't to be a millionaire or to be a Hollywood star. That was not the goal. The goal was something about, the goal was to find the goal, but I knew where it was. <laughs> I'm like so obsessed with that. It is so living the questions. Like you don't know what the goal is, but you also know where it is. And like, fuck this idea of Capricorns just being all about like money and achievement and ambition the way we think of it, the ambition is made of something else. It's our twisted relationship to ambition that um, shames the Capricorn spirit. Michelle Obama, Capricorn, Sun, and Mercury. For me, becoming isn't about arriving somewhere or achieving a certain aim. I see it instead as a forward motion, a means of evolving, a way to reach continuously toward a better self, the journey doesn't end. Mm -hmm. Dave Grohl, Capricorn Rising, Capricorn Sun. At 13 years old, I realized I could start my own band. I could write my own song. I could record my own record. I could start my own label. I could release my own record. I could book my own shows. I could write and publish my own fanzine. I could silkscreen my own t-shirt. I could do all this. I could do this all myself. <laughs> I just like cannot love that anymore. Oh my God. <sighs> Lin-Manuel Miranda. Making words rhyme for a living is one of the great joys of my life. That's a superpower I've been very conscious of developing. I started at the same level as everybody else, and then I just listened to more music and talked to myself until it was an actual superpower I could pull out on special occasions. It's amazing. Capricorn, Sun, Moon, Mercury at the Midheaven. LeBron James, Capricorn, Sun, and Jupiter. Ask me to play, I'll play. Ask me to shoot, I'll shoot. Ask me to pass, I'll pass. Ask me to steal, block out, sacrifice, lead, dominate, anything. But it's not just what you ask of me. It's what I ask of myself. Mm. So good. Lucille Ball, Capricorn Rising, Capricorn Moon. Luck? I don't know anything about luck. I've never banked on it, and I'm afraid of people who do. Luck, to me, is something else. Hard work and realizing what is opportunity and what isn't. 
there's like, you feel the hard edges, don't you? You can feel the hard, the hard um, brittleness, but it's made of, it's the, it's the set Saturn ruling the bones, but don't forget about the marrow, you know, like what's in the bone. What's in the bone is, is, the, is the light and the dark. What's in the bone is the juice. And it's really not about getting a thing, winning a thing, achieving a thing. It's about experiencing yourself being in relationship to that juice and it's sending you somewhere. You know, and, and like feeling yourself being in this collaboration with the juice energy and making of yourself a bone to house it is like yum, Capricorn yum. But it takes so much focus and takes so much determination. It takes so much like myopic vision of like tunnel, like everything that's not this needs to move out of the way, you know? Um, and I'm, I'm probably bringing in some of my Aries rising to that because Aries can also be like that, you know? Um, this is why it's considered an impersonal energy, but that doesn't mean it doesn't care. It cares like insanely much because this is a vision that is beyond the self. So the caring comes is a transpersonal care but it can feel uncaring when you want it to when you want care to look a certain way when you want care to look a certain way capricorn moon like what i have caring through caring is the moon so if you make it a capricorn form of care that can look like uncaring because it's so focused on what it wants to do you know, and this is why cancer has to be the polarity, right? The polarity has to support um, Capricorn then needs all of that care of cancer through the polarity to remember to kind of moisten things like the, so that the joints stay moist, you know, <laughs> like, Keep remember the moisture because Capricorn can get so like dry and cold and hard um, when it's um, unskillfully avoiding its other sign parts, you know, like when it forgets its polarity. I know this. Okay, so in my book, the questions to live into that I have for Capricorn. What root resources of inner strength do I know I can rely on when the world feels hard, cold, or brutal? And how can I access these more consciously in my daily life? Root resources that you can rely on. Accessing these. That root level. And... This is why I was saying, like, we often don't know those root resources until, like, we're in harder times, you know? Like, why do you need root resources when everything's easeful, (laughs) you know? Um, And so, but this is really good to know because when you understand what your root resources is, it's not because you're just going to constantly pull from them because that wouldn't be very balanced. You know, that's like just living in winter all year, but it's under just knowing yourself there, knowing yourself from that root resource place, that bone place. That is what can help you trust yourself that you could, that whatever happens, even if it doesn't end up the way you want it, even if the thing fails, quote unquote, even if, you know, you did the thing and nobody came, even if you showed up and you committed and then it ended up falling apart. When you know your root resources, you, you know that you can, you'll just move through it. Like you'll get, you'll move to the other side. 
You've got the root resources. That's, that's when they're going to be there. They're going to be there. They're going to help you. They're going to help you get back to spring again, you know? But if you don't understand what your root resources are, then it makes sense that one would be more afraid of failure. One would be more afraid to take risk. One would be more terrified of abandonment. One would be more afraid of like somebody dying that they love, you know, because you just haven't experienced the part of you that is going to be there if that thing happens, you know? So the Capricorn parts of us can have this real depth feeling because people can feel that sort of like down, low, low, low root part of you that is going to show up. They're not going to leave you. They're going to be there till the end. It may not always look like the care that you want, but they're, 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 they're going to be there, you know? So it's a, it's a deep, deep part of us that's full of richness. Like, oh my God, like eating bone marrow is like got to be one of the most divine things to put in your mouth. What do I need to do today to create evidence that I have the courage to follow through on the commitments that matter to me? So this is something I work with people a lot on in my containers is cultivating evidence because it's very difficult to trust without evidence, you know, but then, but how are you going to create a new way of being if you have to have evidence first? It's a new way of being. That's the point, you know? So like, can I be in a container where I can practice creating evidence? Like that's what the magician's table is. It's, it's a container to create evidence. My brain is making a note to like include that in a tile somewhere. <laughs> like I need to be saying that. Um, I'm so turned on by supporting people and creating this evidence because it's the creation of evidence that gives you the courage to keep going you know, but what do you do when you don't have the evidence yet? You can decide to create some, you know? And I I invite you to go back to the episode of mine called Becoming a Person of Evidence. It was a dark moon download from like spring or summer. It's all about this. How can I turn more of myself toward what I want to show up for? This is like the real Capricorn love medicine is the turning towards what you want to show up for. Because it is a turning towards. This is Capricorn part of you. Like if you really want the thing, because the light is on in the dark for it. The light is on. Like you alighted from the dark into Capricorn to turn towards this. It wants you to turn towards it, you know? Trusting, allowing your Capricorn part of you to turn towards it. Like really ask, like, what do you need from me? Light in the dark. What do you want me to do? Tell me what to do and I'll do it, you know? Let's, what, let's make a plan. Because this Capricorn part of you is like, I'm turning towards you. I'm looking at you. Dream, vision from Sagittarius, you know. I'm looking at you, asking you what you want to f- like make this. I'm turning towards you. I'm beholding you, I'm seeing you, I'm asking you what you want. Tell me what to do. And being in relationship, this is something we're going to be doing seeing the year, being in relationship to that dream so that it basically gives you orders and tells you what to do. Like, 
it's everything's just so much more easeful when you just let the vision tell you what to do rather than trying to decide what to do for the vision, you know? It's a simple switch that like will change your life. Come to seating the year for more. <laughs> oh my god. So good. Oh my goodness. Yeah, on that topic, let me read once more from Living Astrology. My new book coming out March 5th, 2024. Under a Capricorn moon, I will tell you the day after my birthday. In pop astrology, Capricorn is often called ambitious. But this often doesn't resonate with those born with their sun in Capricorn. I wonder if we could expand our definition of ambition what if ambition isn't tied to external concepts such as fame or success, but rather to a sincere and ardent desire to participate in your life and then actually doing it? What if ambition describes someone who seems in their channel and able to stay with the flow as long as necessary? Perhaps we've been projecting our own shame onto the word ambition wanting it to be a negative thing so we don't have to feel so bad about ourselves. If so, then how would it feel to neutralize ambition and release it from expectations of results, outcomes, or achievements? Then when we say, she's really ambitious, what we mean is that she's focused on her committed desire. This quote from A Wizard of Earthsea by Ursula K. Le Guin is the most Capricorn piece of writing I've ever found. You thought as a boy that a mage is one who can do anything. So I thought once, so did we all. And the truth is that as a man's real power grows and his knowledge widens, ever the way he can follow grows narrower until at last he chooses nothing but does only and wholly what he must do. Skillful Capricorn is when you wholly do what you must do. The path grows narrower because your inner goat decides which paths not to take. The root of the word decide means to cut. Deciding means limiting your available options. And this takes courage. It takes courage to destroy possibilities. But when you want to devote yourself to something or someone and you know in your whole body that it's the choice for you, it doesn't have to feel brave. It feels like you had no other choice because you're on your path and you're the one who decides these things, says the Capricorn part of you. Many of my clients have shared with me a fear that they'll make a mistake and pick the wrong path. It freezes them, shackling their goat to the bottom of the mountain. But here's what I have in response to this fear. The magical thing about Capricorn is that it's your toolkit for walking the path for you in that moment, not for picking one and never changing your mind. Your Capricorn is allowed to change paths and has all the tools you could ever need to do so. How do you feel? These are some, I had three like actual questions in there, but really they're sprinkled throughout. I just did one. What do you want to choose in this moment to decide to turn towards, to make your path? Committing to it. Thank you for listening. If you want more of this yummy stuff, this feels like the medicine you're up for right now. I hope you will come into Seeding the Year and also get Unshaming the Signs Capricorn as a bonus to Seeding the Year. 
Don't forget the magician's table early, early bird deadline is December 31. If you would like to turn yourself wholly towards that, you can do it now and not have to wait into the side in February. Big, big, big solstice love to all. May you feel connected to your light in the dark. A light in the dark. <laughs> Finally, if you have not left a review or a rating, I would love it if you would do that today. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.